oh, video games, they're a bit violent, aren't they? I'm like, Dad, you encourage this. <laughs> I remember Dead Island 1 had just a, a bust of a woman. Oh. A severed head. Oh. Boom. Okay, that's bizarre. That's a red flag. Yeah, if you, if you, a red flag for any woman walking into a park and saying that. Yeah, just walk the fuck out. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Video Game Chat Podcast, a fortnightly podcast talking about games, tech, and other nerdy goodness. I'm Jordy, and I'm joined by my co hosts. I'm Rob. I'm Gary. And I'm Juicy. I the mean, I know, I know that I, I know that's bedazzled onto your jeans, but <laughs> oh, just go ass. with it. Just go with it. <laughs> we hope you enjoy this podcast, and please follow us on Twitter at vgc underscore podcast, and feel free to tweet us with topic recommendations or questions you have for us to answer on the podcast. So, guys, how have we been doing since the last episode? There was no last episode because we're recording these two together. Yeah, since then I've got a I've got a coffee. Yeah, we've all had a had a bit of a break, and now we're ready. To <laughs> I think we're going to say we all had a piss. Let's be upfront yeah, about yeah. this. We I had, had a, a coffee and a bathroom break. <laughs> did, wait, hang on. That just just in the in the mess of everything that was happening there, Gary. Did you just say you had a coffee enema? It was a quick one. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I didn't go full in. Yeah, you know, as long, as, long as you're not overindulging on podcast no. time, all right. <laughs> boss makes a dollar. Boss, boss makes a dollar. I make a dime. That's why I'm pooping on podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Gary Enema's on podcast time. <laughs> Workers of the world have a shite. <laughs> so unionize. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh, think anymore. My heart's gonna be sick. <laughs> oh. um, at, at the beginning of the last episode, it was laughing at big jokes, and now it's just. I think jokes. I can taste blood. And now it's scatological. <laughs> oh. Oh, All anyone right. Play, anyone play categories? Ah, oh, right. <laughs> well, categories. Speak, <laughs> speaking of shit, shall we move on to the GameCube? <laughs> Oh, that's that's uncalled <laughs> for. The that GameCube was... had some solid games. Come on, Ooh, you, if you've never Ooh, played you. the if you've never played Wind Waker, if you've never played the perfect game that was Metroid Prime, you cannot say that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the um, and also Pokemon Coliseum as well, like uh, a Pokemon 3D Pokemon game, like the first 3D Pokemon game. Other than like the new style 3DS games, right. where you actually like played it more like a more like a fighting game, more like a not not so much like a Tekken or something like that, but it was it was just Pokemon battles. Right, it was just arena combat. Yeah, mm. and just Did you oh. control the Pokemon. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like Game Boy Pokemon fights, you know. Yeah, but, but just in but 3D. 3D and like. When you when you got your blastoise to do hydro pump, the well, hydro pump came out of your the cannons on the back of the uh, of the blastoise, and you could plug in your was it which Game Boy was it was it the, was it the Game Boy uh, Advance ones Advance? or what I can't remember. Yeah, you could plug in your actual um, Game Boy cartridge and use your Pokemon from that game yeah. as well, ah. which was yeah. 
That's why it all tied in together, which was quite fun. That's why I believe in the second or third gen Pokemon games, I think maybe Crystal, you had a little GameCube in your room when you were uh, first tied up those old games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> and to, to veer away from Pokemon, did uh, you play Metroid Prime, Jordan? I remember playing one of the Metroid. Was it I'd... the irritating second one that had the Dark World? You know what? I probably wouldn't be able to put my finger on it unless I had a look. Uh, I must be a good game. <laughs> must have been really <laughs> memorable. <laughs> I, the, 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 first, the first one was fucking amazing. Because again, it took a game... It was one of those ones that switched genre, essentially, from what the old ones were, which were, again, half of the concept of Metroidvania titles, you know, yeah. side-scrolling platform, but open world, you know, see an area, come back to it later when you've got the equipment that you found in another area, you now realise you can go through another one, you know, like progressing, but as you've, as you've, like, gained new equipment and skills and things. But it took that into an FPS shooter. Which was made by a completely separate studio. Shit, I can't remember who it was now, the studio. Uh, somebody Google this for me so I don't feel stupid. Um, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm screwed. I'm good. Retro, Retro Studios. Studios. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they managed to take that whole concept and like the game design and the character designs of side-scrolling Metroid and just translate it into like a 3D environment really fucking well. Like it all worked flawlessly the world designs were you know quite interesting but at the same time it was very cliche in the whole sense of like four different zones sort of thing there was like a, an ice zone there was like a tropical zone you know uh, so a bit cliche in that regard but the world designs were amazing the soundtrack was absolutely fantastic i will just find um one of the tracks for you and yeah um but it was just such a beautiful game and it kicked off again like its own franchise, which sort of died a bit after the third one, but they're doing a Metroid Prime 4 for the Switch. And so Metroid I'm Prime, was that, to was that the first 3D Metroid, was it? It was the first 3D Metroid. Right. So I knew, didn't play Prime, I played Metroid 2 on the Game Boy Advance. Pretty How sure did you get that right. mixed up? <laughs> <laughs> Completely different game. Metroid I mean, Prime. I've never played a Metroid 3D game. I only played it the size. Oh right. Ones. Well, um, they are. They, it's been ported over to PC for the Vive and things mm. and Oculus as well. So you can play it in VR if you wanted to. Well, I've just yeah, I've, I've, I've got a friend now who's got a, a a VR headset that he said he's happy with me borrowing. So cool. I'll hopefully well, be getting having a look for VR. Metroid Prime. VR and give that a go because apparently it plays very well. Will do. It does look very Doom. Mm. Yeah, it's quite Doom. Unreal Engine, but with like own... more ability. Well, yeah, like new Doom essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a modern. Well, not modern, but at the time modern version of Doom. Mm. Yeah, but my my only um, experience of Metroid Prime um, growing up was you and Ant playing it, and you both. Yeah told me that I should play it and I obviously I didn't have a GameCube so I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um but as a as an adult, I recently watched um a YouTube series from uh, Game Makers Toolkit. So if yeah. you're interested in game making or just level design and more, things or it's level just... design, check out Game Makers Toolkit. Very, very insightful 
YouTube channel. Yeah, they did uh, a really good breakdown of like Metroidvania titles and um, Ocarina as well. Legend of Zelda, how like the d- dungeon design chain design has changed over the course of the series, and maybe not for the better. Mm. Yes, yeah. They, he he breaks down uh, like he he picks a, t- a subject and breaks it down very very concisely. He he's very very knowledgeable. Um, but the world design of Metroid Prime, uh, Boss Keys, is what it's called. You want to have a look mm. at that? It, it's very, very good, uh, and it 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 introduced me to the to the Metroid Prime, Prime kind of mechanics that, that you could roll through, um, like kind of tunnels to get to particular areas. But did you you had to unlock that roll? Yeah, that was one that. of the one of the first things you unlock, I think, because again, it, every Metroid game sort of starts you off with like everything that you're going to have throughout the game. And then it, after that sort of intro section, it will just take it away from you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like, so, yeah. And he, he was explaining. Actually, I'll let, if you want to know more about that, check out Game Maker's Toolkit because he explains that exact mechanic where you have everything to begin with and then it all gets stripped away. He explains that very, very clearly and much better than I ever could. Hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, Music moving on. on from GameCube. Uh, we'll sort of go into sort of early PC games that we used to sort of play before we get into the the large uh, and very nostalgic PlayStation Two. Oh god, uh, yes. PC mm. games. F- of- first PC game I ever played was Doom ninety five. Oh, yes. my family computer. Well, I was just fucking around, seeing what was on. Like, I had the little enter into DOS mode that you had to type in <laughs> to switch to. And then, you know, commands in there. And, like, I was fucking about and I did slash games. Was that the. No, the and a list games? of games that were just pre installed on that computer, just. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, like, whatever. Solitaire. Like, um, yeah. Like well no, like that was on the regular normal looking OS thing. Solitaire yeah. was there, but there were DOS games that were installed when you had to boot into DOS and then go it was on that list there and you just typed in like play Doom. Because I just saw Doom and I was like <laughs> along with a list of other things and I was like, yes. that sounds fun. Little like <laughs> six year old me. And Doom. And then like the fucking Doom theme kicks off, and I was just like, "This looks amazing!" And I just like I I, I played twenty minutes of it the first time because like it it did it, it quite scare me, but then I kept I, my interest was peaked. I came back and I was smashing through it. Then my dad found me shotgunning guys in half, <laughs> like, and he was just like. What you doing, Rob? Are you uh, winning, like, son? Oh, <laughs> yeah, are you winning, son? And you know, me and my dad ended up playing a ton of it. Yes. Like, until we beat it. Yeah. Nice. My dad always had a weird relation to like age ratings for things and violence. Mm. You know, he'd always complain about like games being violent and stuff, but he encouraged me to play Doom at an early age. And <laughs> when I was like 10, 11 or whatever, he was like, oh, do you want to watch Terminator 2? It's really good. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then, oh, video games, they're a bit violent, aren't they? And I'm like, Dad, you encourage this. <laughs> you made me the man I am today. Yeah. Wouldn't I be right in saying Doom is the one, like the original Doom is the one that got into a load of controversy because it was tied into the Columbine shooting? Where uh, 
it was the guys that carried out that shooting had apparently designed a level which was like a map oh, yeah. of the school on the game at the time and it was one of those I things so. where you know like uh, you talking about the way your dad was like oh that's a bit violent and stuff like that like in America that- there was a huge effort to be like oh so these video games have caused it and there's like a whole legacy track there which sort of centers around Doom was that actually Doom? I always thought that was Counter-Strike. I thought it was Doom. I'll double-check, but I am pretty sure. When did Doom well, come was out? was 99, wasn't it? No. <laughs> 99? No, Doom was 95. 95. Oh, no, wait, 93, sorry. And just, just, just for context, Streets of Rage and the Mega Drive, when did that come out, roughly? Good, good, good. Probably the 93, I imagine. Yeah, early enough. So, I, just, I just, the whole, the whole thing about... Uh, the age rating in games and games being violent and causing people to be more violent. Like you literally release the game like on the first like like one of the very first consoles called yeah. Streets of Rage. Where you walk <laughs> down the street and just beat up people, mm. and it no was, one bat- uh, no one batted an eyelid back then. But yeah. Doom and being being related to oh someone doing a mass shooting, it's all oh, gone he, a bit. He, he didn't. He didn't make a map. He just said that he was quoted in his journal about planning the massacre. It would be like playing Doom ah, and there we killing people for his enjoyment. Um, so it was well, purely metaphor. <laughs> oh, no, there was also um, it's because it was Eric Harris was the one who was linked to it. And he had things like he, the, there was all these documents that came out after the shooting. And um, in some of his documents, he actually had like points in like doom levels that he was talking about where there's like ones where he went through about thinking about recreating the actual high school <laughs> so i think that's where it, it was all this talk about like were they using it as like a training scenario and all this sort of business because it was a first person shooter is this how they planned out how they carried out the shooting it's like okay. it's the same debate we hear all the time like uh, if you remember the call of duty controversy that broke out with the remember no russian level there was oh, yeah. a, a, an immediate just copy paste of that exact debate of oh, people are going to do this and then they're immediately going to go out and shoot up an airport. Which is pretty fucking impossible yeah. to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the amount of security and like the fact that even if you probably, yeah. before you even consider doing it, the government will know. Yeah. So, but, um, but a correction for Streets of Rage, it came out in 1991. Ah, right. Early enough. But in keeping with the um, controversial violent games, the PC was the big one for me for my entry into the Grand Theft Auto franchise. That mm. top-down first and original game that came with it, where you could yeah. run over the string of Hare Krishna monks and get <laughs> a celebratory message of Goranga on the screen for doing it <laughs> is a very <laughs> a very poignant childhood memory in my mind. I should stress that obviously I hold no animosity whatsoever towards Hare Krishna worshippers. It was just how the video game did it. And actually, to bring this back to the NI context, my older brother was the one who got GTA on the PC, and then he would play it and I would play it. And um, anytime we saw that string of orange people walking along we thought they were actually orange men from northern ireland because yeah. they would play little drums and sort of like make a tune as they went along <laughs> so there was a sectarian element to that more than anything about hair krishna monks <laughs> oh dear <laughs> 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 
But GTA was very good. The the original two uh, top down ones. Oh, the regular superb. GTA and GTA London. We already covered it before. Yeah, uh, exactly. Oh, I never, games. I never played any of the top down GTAs. They're worth oh, going back so to. Good. They're they're a wee bit clunky in their own ways, but they still sort of play well. It's like a decent sort of retro art style to it and it's a very like i feel like it's a kind of different gameplay to what you'd be used to with gta because the earlier mm-hmm. games it was obviously a bit more difficult to do the gunplay so um there's a lot more car based stuff in it and um it's just interesting to play back through it which really yeah, what ca- gta should be because it is more of gaming cars auto. yeah it's literally yeah. called grand theft auto yeah yeah the uh the, the the car mechanics in it yes they were a bit clunky but like you said, it was more about stealing cars and running people over with the cars as opposed to getting out and using the yeah. pistol. Like, you still could, but uh, like Brennan says, it felt better to use the car because I think they spent a little bit more time on the mechanics yeah. of the car. I distinctly um, remember, actually, um, one of the issues with it at the time. Like, it, it plays fine. Like, it wasn't exactly a particularly taxing game, but there would be issues it would have because it's top-down, if you got into one of the faster cars, like the uh, Countach, well, it's based on the Lamborghini Countach, or a superbike, you went so fast that the camera, which is looking down on you, couldn't catch up. So the bike would yeah. literally go off the side of your screen, and then this camera would desperately try to chase it. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden it comes to a stop when you realize you've crashed into the fucking edge of a building. <laughs> or another p- character. And like, so like all the um, mechanics of flying off your bike, they were in the yeah. 2D games as well. And uh, if you put a car onto the electric railway tracks, it would explode, and people would get oh, electrocuted uh, into little skeletons. <laughs> I don't think, like, I I reckon it hasn't dated that badly, you know? No, like, I've played it. It's available on Steam. GTA 2 is also available on Steam. I know it's sort of the more popular one, but um, both of them play quite well enough. Um, It doesn't feel clunky because of the way it's designed. It's not that sort of thing of, you know, you go back to an old PlayStation 2 shooter and the aiming and stuff doesn't feel right and, you know, the bullet impacts don't feel right because it's that top-down retro thing. It's like, yes, this just plays like a mobile game. Yeah, it does feel very much like a mobile game. I'm sure they probably made a mobile version of it. I'm pretty sure they're all in the uh, the app stores and the Google Plays and the other mobile device stores are available. (laughs) But, yeah. Um... I see that all three of you as well put on the Command and, Con- Command and Conquer series. Of course. Oh, of yes. course. And the I, I feel bad for not playing any Command and Conquer games. <gasps> Where, did that, not play a single one. one. Ooh, joy. Why Comrade President? Whatever do you mean? <laughs> so all references. Was one, it was one of those, again, um, like games that I only ever got to play at somebody else's. My uncle had a PC as well. He had a bunch of different like computer games. He had Command and Conquer Red Alert 2, and mm. he also had um, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter as well. So whenever I was around theirs, I always got to play those two games. Great fun. He also had Tiberium Wars, I think. Oh, Tiberium. Tiberian oh, Sun? Tiberium Sun. Tiberian oh, Sun. Oh, what a phenomenal game oh that was yeah it was like was he had like, like the little um command and conquer pack thing i think the first one didn't properly work on his computer but the second and uh, tiberian sun did did he have the big chunky cd big chunky case box. which had four, four discs in it yes 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 yeah actually oh uh, god yeah i can smell it already 
<laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful collector's edition. I loved it. I think that is definitely an element of, well, just while we're talking about the general idea of nostalgia of games, something I do miss is that satisfying feeling of that physical game copy in your hand. Mm. Yeah. Like, and there's something like the texture and the smell. Yeah. Like, that, that smell of that like kind of old shit paper that they <laughs> printed on. It, it's got like that kind of toner smell to it. Yeah. I, I do miss that. The big one that I always remember is this is kind of jumping ahead in PC, but I don't want to dwell on the game itself just for the point of like the physical elements of games was getting World of Warcraft for the first time. And you got this yeah. huge thick box full of discs and there was just a book with it. Like a like a, a book was inside the box to explain all the races, the classes, the background of World of Warcraft. It felt incredible that you just had this big, like the game was this whole big thing. There was a tomb with it and everything. I think that, that it is just something that I do miss now because like obviously it's convenient that I can keep pretty much all my games on a Steam library and just download them whenever I want. You know, you don't need to worry about a scratch disc, but it was just nice to get that sort of thing with it that you could keep and have a physical memory with. Mm. Well, I mean, they, they do do that with collector's editions um, and like, like limited edition true. boxes. Yeah, but, but it, they're unfortunately just never really worth it, are they? Outside of the few games. I guess it or depends like, on what you quantify yeah, as value, really. Yeah, I mean, there's a few games, like, say, um, Divinity Original Sin 2, Gary, like the mm -hmm. collector's edition of that, you know, you want to celebrate sort of the developer of the franchise, that sort of thing, you know, when you're a big fan of their work and the product at the end of it. There are certain things about, like, the current approach to that works very well with, I feel, like, console games where a lot of them are still disc-based and you need to pick up a box and stuff from game and whatever when you're buying them. Obviously, they're mm. now shifting a lot to downloads, but um, there's a peril around some of this because I remember the big push with collector's editions of DVDs and things like that. There was a whole load of merchandise came out with that. And the one that always sticks in my head that I think overlaps with a lot of like uh, game exclusives where it's like you get a statue with it was The Amazing Spider-Man 2 when it came out. Remember that great movie that everyone loves? <laughs> didn't think so. Um, oh yeah, the one that's gone down in history is one of the best Spider-Man yeah, films, if um, not one of the best superhero films of Sorry, all time. I should stress it's The Amazing Spider-Man, not Tobey Maguire. Uh, I'm talking about Andrew yeah, exactly. Garfield. That, and, um, yeah, I know, I'm being incredibly facetious. The beloved treat that you got with your collector's edition of that DVD, I should stress I didn't buy this, I saw it in the shop, was a gigantic <laughs> plastic head of Jamie Foxx's Electro. Just his head <laughs> for your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> while we were talking while we were talking about uh sort of world of warcraft and sort of online based sort of games right uh something that sort of really sort of was embedded into my my childhood at a very young age uh were like online like web browser based games oh yeah oh yes like you're not you're not gonna say the one i think you are you uh Another one which, when I was younger, got me into a lot of trouble, uh, which was Habbo Hotel. I, oh, I knew you were going to say Habbo Hotel. Let, let us not, no, no, Rob, no, let us not <laughs> go into that. Bobber? 
We huh? could uh, yeah. discuss that after the podcast, potentially. We could probably do a special episode on the rather controversial nature of gaming communities and certain subsects within them and how they ruin perfectly good games. That could probably yeah. cover Habo Hotel. Yeah. yeah, That would cover pretty much every single competitive game ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. I, remember, I remember playing that game coming home from school and like, me and a friend would set up rooms and we'd play like mini games where it was things called like I don't remember Falling Fernie. It was when yeah. you just plop down furniture and be the first, like the last person. It basically like musical chairs. Yeah. But you you put down furniture and someone sits on it and they stay on it. And right, that's them get through to the next round sort of thing. And then like the winner would win like a Habo club sofa sort of thing. Yeah. And the club sofas were worth quite a lot in the game because they were like uh you used to have to create a, have a subscription to be able to get one of those. And uh, rem- I remember sort of uh, setting up multiple accounts and, and buying multiple subscriptions using my um, home landline <laughs> to pay for them. <laughs> and yeah, I got, I got grounded for quite a few, <laughs> quite a few weeks for like racking up. I think it was like a nearly 50 quid bill. Oh, yeah. Which back then was probably more significant than it sounds now. Oh, yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was not allowed to use the computer at all. Like, I was, I was, I was glad that I had like, other things that I could do with my time yeah. when I was at that age, like going out on my bike and actually like spending time with uh, friends' houses who actually had consoles that weren't taken away from them because you could <laughs> on the phone bill. Christ. I, we, we, all of us have haven't put in our because we have a list that we're currently looking over yeah none of us have mentioned runescape or habbo hotel but Mm. we all played them i feel like yeah it's because we're talking about nostalgia and things like that it certainly applies to a certain level of it but it's one of those things of when i think about truly great great games that i really enjoyed growing up with i played a lot of time on runescape i had a paid membership and all the rest of it but i just see that as like my gateway to world of warcraft and like later mm. rpgs and um i don't know i just don't feel like i've got the same nostalgia ever since like runescape classic came out and i could sort of remember that it was just constantly grinding yes i i don't have i, I have nostalgia for it in the sense that i have some fond memories of it but it's not like i'd go back and play runescape ever again yeah <laughs> I, I I went back and played it recently when it got released on mobile devices. Ah, uh, oh yeah. And then I had my account. I logged in. All my stuff was there from when I was younger, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is great!" Like, oh, I run How this did game. you remember your login details? I've had I've had multiple email addresses, and I still know all of the passwords for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. been Jordan one two three since uh, two thousand two. <laughs> Shit, I've been not, rumbled. I have to change it to two three four. Not, not quite, but the, my old, my very first email address, uh, which is still my my name to today, JordyWizHop, was aol.com was my first ever email address. It's deactivated now, so you'll never be able to contact me via it. Doxed. Yes, that. That account I've had for years, and I had known the password, like, never ever got rid of it. Like, it's just stuck in my head, something that I can't ever, like, not think of, sort of thing. It was one of the things you created as a child, and I've remembered it ever since. 
But yeah, fair enough. that is yeah something that I've. But, but then the, the whole thing about the story, uh, logged in, played it on my mobile for a, for a, for a couple of weeks. Uh, didn't use it then for a, a few more weeks. Just sort of drifted off of it. Didn't want didn't want to play it. And then uh, went to log back on when a few more of my friends had jumped back onto it. And then your account's locked. I was like, what's going on? Account's been locked. Contact uh, Jagex and was like, what's going on? My account's been locked. Can, can you like reactivate it for me? Get a, a support message back from Jagex saying that, some, uh, that um, my account had been banned for botting. Oh. So <laughs> I had no idea. Like, so someone had obviously got a hold of my account and been using it while I wasn't uh-huh. using it for those two weeks. Uh-huh. Never, what, what would I have from cheating? Hello, this is Jordan's brother. I would like to apologise <laughs> for getting him banned. <laughs> no, I would... I, I, I'm, I've never, ever, like, cheated in, like, an online game. Mm. I just... I don't find it enjoyable Yeah, at all to, like, just do it. Like, mm. I had friends that had... Uh, that have that band on like Counter Strike Source from back in the day. Oh god! And that where they'd basically downloaded hacks, like wall hacks and aiming hacks and stuff like that, just to try them out. And I'm sort of going, why even bothering just trying them out? I remember my uh, my original Steam account that I had, which literally only had Team Fortress Two and Counter Strike Source on it. That original account got uh, banned on Counter Strike. Backband for life because of a friend of mine installed hacks using my account on his computer because I left my account logged in on his computer. Oh, oh, I had to create a brand new account, which is now my current account. And luckily enough, I've not left it logged in on anyone's account. But, uh, this is Jordan's friend. Uh, I didn't mean to hack <laughs> on his account. I thought I was on my account. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But no, Counter Strike Source is, is one of those games as well that was a big part of my sort of childhood and my childhood, oh. my, my my teens. It's an and, iconic uh, game. Yeah, it is. Uh, I never there got the hand, never got the hang of surfing. But I know surfing <laughs> yeah, same. Was, a, you know, was a great big community. Uh, all my friends did it that I was in a clan with at the time. Shout out to the, the Stone Cold <laughs> community that we had when we were. 14 to 15. We, I've actually met some of my some lifelong and good friends I still keep in touch with now through that community. Uh, even uh, a young 14-year-old Jordan met up with a playing uh, online with a, an 8-year-old Estonian boy. Oh, only yes. Two years ago, I met in London for the very first time. He's now a full-grown man. And he speaks very good English. He speaks great English because of playing Counter Strike with me and my friends. <laughs> he can swear like a champ. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's all you need in life. But we, our community on on Counter Strike, we 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 had a very weird uh, relationship, shall we say, with um, the IT tech of our secondary school uh, because we were oh. once caught. Playing Counter Strike 1.6 on the school computers that we yes. installed via a USB, uh, and uh, the guy was basically saying, "Oh, you guys realise you you shouldn't be doing this, and we could get you like put into like uh, isolation for for doing this during your lessons." 
And we went, oh, we're really sorry. We won't do it again. Blah, blah, blah. And then we came in during like our lunch break and he said, you guys want to play the games? And I was like, yeah, please. Yeah. So we set up the game on the, uh, during our lunch break and the guy would host the server for us at lunchtime to play online with each other. In the, oh, in nice. The lunch and then the, basically, the guy was a great guy and he looked like the guy who played Owl in Owl's Toy Barn from Toy Story. <laughs> Such a lovely guy. And he that ended up setting up us up public servers to use outside of school as well. Because ah. he had like he had servers galore at home. And then we were like, Oh, do you mind if we brand this with our clan? We've got like a, a group of gamers, like all from all around the world, all different countries. Uh, and there's about a big group of like fifty of us on this forum. So we got the forum set up and then we set up like we had gun game servers, we had surf servers and the, the really big one that actually got quite famous was our zombie escape servers. And we ended up beating like some of the top, top counter strike server, like hosting at like these, the, the servers that we were hosting. And I believe there's a video on YouTube, uh, of our zombie escape server, like 64 player server being fully populated. Uh, and someone made like a, a tribute video to it with, um, Oh, Map of the Problematic by Muse as like mm-hmm. the the main music for it. And oh, it's just I think that video's got like over a million views. Fuck, really? Yeah, I'll I'll try and find it to show you guys, but that was like the pinnacle of our sort of gaming careers, like as young youngsters that we set up these servers and had this massive thriving community. But I really wish that we still would have like kept pushing because we could have like if we had had our own servers, like, and charged people for them, we probably would have made some decent money, but we were doing this all free <laughs> off the back of this guy who was just an IT tech at our school helping us out. And It's called sort of, a public good, Jordan. Yeah. He just put and some was, good vibes out into the world. And it was great, and we got, had some good, made some good friends, had some good times on it. And yeah, shout out to the, the Stone Cold community. Which is still going on Steam. There's still a few of us left. Uh, still hanging on. But yeah, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if, independently, the rest of us three might have actually have gone onto one of your servers. Almost inevitably. Probably, yeah. 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 If you say you had a surf server, uh, easily, I, I, I jumped onto quite a few surf servers. I couldn't surf, but <laughs> all my friends were like, oh, let's do some surfing. And I was like, yeah, I'm part of a group <laughs> let's do the surf uh, that's exactly it <laughs> crunch crunch did, uh, like, zombie escape and prison escape as well oh yeah. god yeah Thank so many hours into that game I, I, I was also like an, I was kind of part of a clan but not really so like my brother is much much better at video games than I am and he was a fucking crack shot with an orb and any gun to be honest on Counter Strike and he could 360 no scope someone easily without like fail. Oh, I'll, and um, just to think about it, actually talking about surf, one of our like a few of our community members made surf map. Like we would actually go into the uh, the bits and pieces and make surf map. I think it was called fruits and colors, where each level was like based on a different fruit and a different color. But yeah, that that was another thing that was great. 
And stroke source, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, has anyone else got any other games on the piece? Oh, we already said about Command and Conquer. I can't think of anything. Yeah. Well, like the, the big strategy games are always the big ones. Like we were talking about um, Theme Hospital, Theme Park, Command and Conquer series. Um, someone else here has. It's you, Jordan. You've put down Age of Empire. <gasps> yes, Age of Empires <laughs> 2. And of course, <laughs> sorry, Room Total War. Obviously, I don't need to talk about that. Total shit. I'll fucking, <laughs> I'll kill you. I will just, I'll kill you. I, I'm, I'm making a reference to Rob. <laughs> throwback from to the previous episode. As we all know, was me referencing my own ability at that game. If you haven't heard the first episode where Rob completely destroys Rome Total War 2, then check it out. If you haven't watched the first episode, what are you doing starting with episode 5? <laughs> I don't know, maybe they want to hear how much we've improved. It's fine. They're all about just listing video games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And us just chatting absolute and dumb opinions. Yeah, and hey. having probably about two-thirds of it cut out because we ramble on for too long. But yeah. um, mo- moving this on from just the, the strategies on PC, obviously with Counter-Strike, as you were talking about, was a much-beloved first-person shooter. And I feel like just looking at the PS2 list, there are a lot of first-person shooters on this. Yes. Indeed. Um, before we move on to PS2, just a quick one. Um, have any of you ever played Chip's Challenge? Nope. No. What is that? So Chip's Challenge was like, I can't remember if it was a free game or if it was just a game that we somehow managed to get. Mm. I really can't remember how we managed to get it. It might have been a demo disc. <gasps> I do know this. You know it, yeah. Yes. How fun was it? I got this on a disc of 100 Windows 95 games. That's the one, yes. The that's very one. And, it was and a, um, Blob Factory was another one on it. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was, the, I, rem- I can see the disc, it was black and yellow yes. with a white background. Oh my God, what an iconic disc. Oh, if anyone else who's listening has or had that disc when they were growing up, you know the excitement because... A hundred games. Yeah. Four discs, was it? I think it was four. Yeah, because it was like a bumper CD jewel case, wasn't it? That's oh it. Oh, God. And it was all just like, Ch- every game was kind of simple, and it was all like, there was a kind of bootleg feel to all of it. Yeah. But, ah, oh, Chip's Challenge was like a really good puzzle platformer. Yeah. And it would probably still be very good to this day, because, like, it, it's, well, it's dated, but... You're in luck, Gary. Yeah. <gasps> there's a bundle on Steam. There's a bu- what? There's always a bundle on Steam. How much? Like three ninety nine for Chips Challenge One and Two, and the Chips Challenge cha- <laughs> Chips Challenge Two editor DLC. That's fair. I, I would say that's fair. Like that's a pretty simple old game, but for three ninety nine, I'll happily pay for the cost of them. You know, saving me having to download it off a website. <laughs> God. Character. Not that we condone. Yeah. <laughs> they've updated the character. Yeah, they've changed the character from a green top. Yeah, he's remember. gone from the little dude in like the uh, blue top to a little blue top Becky guy. Huh. Interesting. That game was it's originally good. meant to be for the Atari Link. Ah, good to know. Yeah, Man. that that looks. Um, oh no! Look, uh, Chips Challenge Two Version Two themes and offline, so you can actually, by the looks of things, change how it looks. Very cool. Right, so shall we move on to the PS2 games? 
Yeah. Sure, Where do we even begin? Well, a lot of you have put in time splitters. Oh, oh god, yes. All the different Such characters, the level designing, the weapons, bricks, the monkeys. My favorite, like, I, I, I didn't know about time splitters. Oh no, did I? I can't remember. But I remember seeing Time Splitters 2 coming out. And they released a demo disc probably from like PlayStation 2 um, magazine. And I, I remember playing Siberia oh, the yes. first time. And that fucking soundtrack hits me in the field. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Of what? It's not even a good level. Like, in terms of like level design, it's not even that clever, but it's just so iconic. It's Graham Norgate, isn't it? He's done quite a lot of. Uh... Yeah. Game music, and it's he did uh, Goldeneye as well, I think. Oh yeah, like um, the Siberia thing is where you really get an overlap with um, Goldeneye. You'll see a lot yep. of if you've played Goldeneye, then you play Time Splitters too. There's a huge overlap, even in sound effects. There's assets that are reused in it. I just forgot that, or oh, just remembered rather mm-hmm. that you couldn't even jump in Time Splitters. Yeah. So it was basically Goldeneye, but yeah. <laughs> That, so um, going back to our previous episode where I mentioned about Time Splits 2, um, add in a jump, please. <laughs> please and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, um, time Splitters 2 and 3, I sunk huge amounts of time into. Again, offline yep. split screen multiplayer, just it oh. was magnificent. Building your own well, levels four, and all the rest of it, fighting bots, that was brilliant. Four player split screen was just so nice. But then when you, uh, that's the thing that you don't normally get nowadays is like the yeah. split screen. Screen looking, what, <laughs> how, how frustrating that was when you were like, you were trying to hide, and then your fucking like friend just looks over. And you were like, looking. You were you looking. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen those really elaborate like oh, setups yeah, where yeah. people have put like cardboard <laughs> and they're like sitting above and below? Yeah, one of them has to wear like a box on his head and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about oh, God. screen screen cheating, people looking at each other's. Screens and games. Have you guys seen that four-player co-op game called Screen Cheat? Oh, yeah, yes. All your characters are invisible, and you have to try and kill the other characters by looking at their other their screen. <laughs> yeah, that's such a brilliant concept. It's superb. I feel like if if you've if you've grown up playing split-screen multiplayer games, you're going to be a bit of a natural at that. <laughs> yeah. Espe- especially if it's maps for which were in like Time Splitters or even Call of Duty Four. <laughs> mm. I, think I, I feel mean, like um, some like the younger generation probably won't get the joke of screen sheet. Yeah, it, like yeah, it's if you just never had an offline multiplayer game, you're. Just yeah. kind of completely have missed out on this. Yeah. Oh god, time splitters. The the other one, um, the other big co-op one that we've also put down multiple times was Conflict Desert Storm, which was actually mm. when I oh, got a yes. PlayStation Two. The PlayStation Two, I will stand over as the golden age of video games for me because I am finally at that age where I can act like a decrepit gammon. But um, <laughs> I got a PlayStation Two, a sort of a a reward for doing the 11 plus the old transfer test to decide which school you can get into in Northern Ireland. And, um, it was a complete surprise. Did not expect to get it. And it came with, I think it was five games, Airblade, which was a hoverboarding skateboard game. Um, Scooby-Doo night of a hundred frights, surprisingly decent platforming game. Uh, <laughs> to 
Turok Evolution, incredible first-person shooter, which had, like, really advanced mechanics in it for the time. You could, like, shoot people with poison arrows and they would throw up. You could blow their legs off and they would scream and clutch the wound and stuff. Um, what was the other ones? There was a racing game, if I remember correctly. Oh, no, sorry. It was um, Crash Bandicoot The Wrath of Cortex. And then finally, mm, yep. Conflict Desert Storm. And Conflict Desert Storm was the one that I didn't originally pick up at first. It didn't take my attention. But then my yep. older brother and I sank God knows how many hours into playing that offline split-screen co-op mode. You each get two characters. Yep. As we were discussing this earlier, to remind ourselves yep. of it, you played as either Bradley and Connors, which was the squad leader and the machine gunner, or Paul Foley and Jones, which was the sniper and the explosive slash medic character. Yep. I, um, I, I was so fond of Foley, I was so pissed off when Conflict Global Storm started. Oh yeah, I, I, di- I didn't pick that one up. Like I literally uh, read about what had happened. It was, and I was, it like, was, I'm not a, it was a very bad game, and <laughs> they just offed him in like the first chapter, and I was like, hmm. No. I just loved it. Like, it was this culmination of things because the way it started in the co-op is what hooked my attention at first. My older brother played as Bradley and Connors and you'd start off with him as Bradley with his machine gun out in the desert because it's set in like Iraq and um, I was fully and I was in a prison cell and some wee dude was just singing to himself outside guarding me and I just had to sit there while my brother made his way over to free me from oh, the prison yeah. cell and from that point on it was just like oh this is going to be good <laughs> I've never heard of that game before in my life what? Conflict Desert really? Storm never heard of it gotta be on Steam as well if it's on oh, it Steam is, and it it's got online co-op we should smash that oh, to be honest though I, I think it's there's better games that we could play co-op because it's dated quite badly. True. Like, I remember playing it and it was janky then. Yeah. Like, it's 70p. <laughs> I mean, for 70p we can do it. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely give that a go. <laughs> oh my God. That, that would actually be quite fun to stream because the jankiness would probably be quite fun. But like, if it was I just want to know whether... Only, uh, D- D- Desert Storm 1 is the only single player on Steam. Oh. Oh. Desert Storm do, do, is, is Desert Storm 2 on? Come on, please. Please, please, please. I just want to know whether you can still block the tank cannon by just walking against it. Desert Storm 2 is not on Steam. That is it's, very disappointing to me. Maybe it's on Epic. <laughs> it Maybe. Might, It'll it probably might, be free next week. It might just be way, <laughs> it, it might just be one of those those things, but I didn't have many like shooter games mm. on the PS2. I think it might have been like I don't know, maybe I wasn't into it at the time. But like I think the, the only shooting games I used to play were on the PS1, which was the, like the, the actual time, time Crisis and, and uh, Point Blank. But I never, ever got into shooter games up until sort of my late teens when uh, Call of Duty and sort of stuff started being more of, more of a presence. Yeah. But um, so you, the stuff like... Basically... The stuff like Medal of Honor, I never, never played. I never played Medal of Honor. I never played Time Splitters. Didn't play Conflict. That's fascinating. You're a good boy because you didn't actually play games that were above your <laughs> your age rating. <laughs> yes, my my parents are very strict on the age ratings. I feel like were they actually. Yeah. Ah, uh, now might be why then. I think it wasn't. It wasn't until I got to like I think is it fifteens or sixteens? I think that might have been the when I got to about fourteen. That's when they were sort of going, okay, like you're old enough now, maybe to. Yeah, to get like a this sort of game, which is a little bit more adult sort of thing. 
that's that's why most of my sort of PS2 games are quite cartoony or like party games sort of thing. So like uh, a game that I very fondly remember playing on PS2 was Sly Cooper. Oh yes, Raccoonus, which was just like basically like a, like a uh, sort of platform, three D platform game where you play as a a, a, a raccoon who's a, a thief. And yeah, it's very sort of Spyro-esque sort of. Yeah, in... that, that's exactly what it was like. It was like an adventure platformer, and yeah, it was really good. It's fantastic really game. Yeah. And yeah, I just I remember playing that all the way through, and uh, Simpsons Hit and Run as well. That oh was like, yes, yeah. that was like I think I played Simpsons Hit and Run before GTA, which, yeah. which was like a. A reverse thing to do because it was all Simpsons <laughs> Hit and Run was like a parody on GTA. Yeah, mm. but the best thing about Simpsons Hit and Run was going to the uh, the mansion and finding the jet car. Oh yes, I, uh, I I'd love to like go back in time and see your reaction to the very first time you accidentally ran over someone on GTA thinking that they were just going to sort of belly flop on the floor and like swim Roll around. and then you're there just like oh god I killed someone oh god oh god I would love to see that I feel like um, the PlayStation 2 you, you were talking about like how you didn't play that many shooters and it's a weird one for me because I feel like the PlayStation 2 is like everything we know about shooters definitely sort of came up and evolved through PlayStation 2 games. Like mm. um, I was saying about Turok earlier, it was a bizarrely fantastic game with huge variety of weapons and all the rest of that, as I described. You had Medal of Honor, Medal of Honor Frontline and Rising Sun. Oh, God. Frontline oh, did the whole cinematic thing. Um, Rising Sun had its own offline multiplayer split screen with bots. Again, fantastic, like time splitters. Then there was Killzone, which was just blood. Like it was a whole different thing. It was just this weird, gritty space space Nazis game, which was just incredibly fantastic to play. Really good gunplay to it, which is obviously now improved even further of newer generations. And then um, the other big one I was flagging up was Black which I don't think many people have played, which was like, it was a glorified tech demo for destructive environments. The entire thing was about the fact that your gun was very detailed. You could see shell casings coming out of it and pretty much everything could be broken. If you fired at pillars, big chunks of concrete came out of them. You could blow up the front of buildings and all this sort of stuff. And like all of that was these little bits and pieces in each of these games sort of coming together to what we know now as like pretty much every first person shooter has mm. all of those little elements put into it. So it's interesting that you've sort of jumped over that and gone straight yeah. into the next gen effectively. Although you have mm. played Counter-Strike Source. Yeah, well, yes. Most of my time was played on Counter-Strike Source probably from that sort of young age. Yeah. You just reminded me with Killzone, um, which I, I absolutely love that game as well. But th- did any of you ever play uh, Red Faction? Oh, yes. The destructible environments where you could like tunnel through the walls. I, I think anyone who's ever played the first game, I, or was it the first or the second? I can't remember. But one of them where there was like, it was a red kind of rocky kind of tunnel like area. And you yeah. could just dig another tunnel inside there and hide. Yeah, 100%. And just hide for the entire map. There was, was um, just- the lobby map where you could tunnel through the wall of the map and up 
And like you could just expertly use rockets and so on to tunnel bit by bit, breaking down voxels effectively until you got above the skylight and you could find oh, a sniper shit. rifle in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that game just, I'd never seen anything quite like it because the destructible landscape, even though it's like quite big chunks of landscape that you were breaking, it still felt like quite a new yeah. piece of tech. I couldn't think of anything else at the time that did that. No, I think that was like, we played that for hours, just literally me versus my brother just making holes yeah. in, in, the, in, the, in the environment. It was so much fun. Like Minecraft, but 10 years before. Yeah, it's, a, it's another one of those ones where a lot of the nostalgia around it is multiplayer based. Like it's that offline split screen, you're sharing that experience with someone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, How do I you do mean- find that. Sorry, go well, I'm not going to you. I'm trying to subject. M- multiplayer games in general have more nostalgia than than non multiplayer games, I'd say, because mm. you're sharing that experience with someone else. Fair. Even if you're playing a single player game with your friend or your family, I still kind of see that as like a multiplayer game. Yeah, in some ways. The the one other big one for um, it's not so much multiplayer, but the idea of sharing it with your family. You're saying earlier about like when we were talking about just like dads and their attitudes towards video games, my dad doesn't get them. He doesn't play them at all with the exception of one game, which I had put onto this list, which um, I don't have that strong of a feeling about. Like it was a really fun multiplayer skate or snowboarding game called SSX. SSX. There was SSX tricky was the, which was the big popular one. Like it had all those hidden routes. The soundtrack was incredible, but SSX three, where you could start at the top of the mountain and snowboard pretty much the whole way down it. My dad became obsessed with it. <laughs> and I have images in my head of him sitting, because we have this like cottage up in Donegal, which has no like internet connection or anything. It's in the middle of like a signal black site. So you're just like in the woods <laughs> and there's nothing to do. And uh, we'd hook up the PlayStation 2 and he'd be sitting on the floor <laughs> snowboarding down a mountain with a wee smile on his face. Only game to get his attention was a snowboarding game. Brilliant. And that is a class game. It's definitely one I remember from my childhood, like playing split screen with my brother. I can just racing. I can't associate the Caesars jerk it out with anything oh, yeah. except <laughs> SSX. Oh, Caesars jerk it out is definitely an old uh, original FIFA. Yeah, one as well. That's definitely one of those. But that's sort of just the all sort of EA sports games. Yeah, and EA radio. Sort of, yeah, definitely. We have the rights to this song, so we'll buy the rights again. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, one multiplayer game. I, I didn't really play much split screen, other than like the odd racing game uh, and stuff like that. But sh- the only like sort of shooters that I did play was Star Wars, the Star Wars Battlefront two game. Oh God, um, of course. And what? Oh God! Like after playing the newer version of Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, on Origin, I went back and played the original Battlefront 2 on Steam, because it's, it's still, still available. <laughs> God, that game was oh, so, like, like in your head, you, you remember these games when you were a child, and you think, oh, that was such a good game. Like, the graphics are so good for its time. But then you go back and you go, oh, my God, this game looks awful. Like, <laughs> how does that even look like a droidica? That is, like, not... Like, <laughs> 
Oh, but I'm so glad that EA sorted out the newer version on Origin because mm. it's all what I, what I sort of remember this, like the old one being like when I was a child, but like it's like the game has sort of grown up and aged with me and is now like how I remember it. But that's, I used to play yeah, that that's all a good the way time with my mate Joe. And uh, Joe's, a, Joe's a listener of the podcast. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. Good old, good old friend of mine from school. But yeah, uh, Battlefront 2 has got a, uh, a place in my, uh, in my childhood. Definitely. It's definitely one of those, like, when you talk about the headline games of PlayStation 2, Battlefront 2 is definitely up there. Along with, yes. of course, my much beloved San Andreas. Which I feel yeah. like talking about the entire era that the PS2 embodied, and like it kept going for so long and defeated so many other consoles. <laughs> I feel like San Andreas was the very peak. That was the bit where it was just like, this is, you know, this is what this console can do. And it unlocked mm. such a nice little step towards what the next generation was going to be. My, my initial uh, thoughts on seeing San Andreas, I, I wasn't overly that impressed because. I, I'd played Vice City mm. and, and GTA 3 so much. And then I saw the UI of San Andreas and I was like, <laughs> ah, I don't really like this. Like, it, it, it's very different styling. But then once I got over that and played through the story, played through like the, just the world is just fantastic. Yeah. And that Easter egg, I, where, I don't know if it's necessarily an Easter egg, but mm. the, you could play split screen. Oh on, yeah, or no? It was joint screen. Joint screen. Sorry, yeah, joint screen in one town. It was a very small town, but that was a lot of fun. Going back to like you know split screen and joint screen. Yeah, sharing a game with your friends or family. That that had a lot of fun because you just spawn in like cheat codes, bring in a tank, <laughs> blow everything up as two people. Like oh my god, it was so fun. I remember. Um, like the, the big memory I have of it was actually in single player, and I think I've shared this with you guys before, like my whole perspective about just how big this game was and how big things were going to get was when I had been early into the game and I hadn't completed much of the missions or anything, but I stole a van and drove it up beside Los Santos Airport and I hopped over the wall and thought, ha, idiotic developers, I've outsmarted them. And I ran <laughs> in and found a dodo. The simple Cessna-style light plane parked up by the runway, hopped into it and took off, and I immediately got a wanted level, and then that then ramped up as soon as I started flying towards Mount Chiliad, which I was already losing my mind about, this whole idea of there's these huge other areas and there's an entire mountain right there. And as I'm flying towards it thinking, <laughs> I'm in a plane, so the, the police helicopters can't even get me, a jet flew past the front of me, and it was just like, oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So that's how this works now. <laughs> do um do they have like the army come in in the new GTA? Because I don't never remember no, seeing no, the it's just Just um, it oh. ramps up to the FIB. Why did they do that? I'm not sure. Actually, an interesting point because I think San Andreas was indeed the last time they did that. Because normally it just works yeah. on a system now where it goes to the noose slash SWAT team and then FIB. I think and it FIB might come in the Rangers. I think it might just be an American thing that they didn't want uh, people just shooting and killing uh, army soldiers. Like maybe that was a sort of a 
unpatriotic thing to do being Americans. <laughs> I genuinely would not be surprised if that was the reason. Although, important to remember, and a very understated fact, Grand Theft Auto was done by the guys at Rockstar, which were a British game development company. So mm, this very US-centric, sorry, even more specifically, yeah, Scottish. Um, so a very US-centric game, with the exception of the London expansion. Which is like beloved over the world came from a very small team in Scotland. Yeah, I'm not small anymore. <laughs> yeah, obviously now it's an empire, and uh, if you don't stop this fucking microtransaction stuff, I will come for you. <laughs> I'll have two number nines, a number nine large, <laughs> a number six with extra dip. I, I hate the way that San Andreas is prioritized for the quotes. I understand why, obviously, but. I think that Ken Rosenberg is horrendously underrepresented with opening Vice City with him just going, I stick my head out of the, sh- the gutter for one second and fate shuffles shit in my face. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, San Andreas is, yeah, it's up there. It's definitely, uh, probably not even nostalgic. It's just you can, yeah, like, uh, I was playing it in uni using the multi-theft auto mod, which was um, an online multiplayer system. Actually, you know GTA Online? Literally, mm. multi-theft auto is GTA Online. Yeah. You could yeah. go in, yeah. pick up, like, a, 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 what would you call that, the the rustler plane, where you could go along in that sort of fake hurricane fighter plane and spray other players as they're trying to drive around. <laughs> I, used to, I used to play the, multi, uh, the multiplayer mod on San Andreas. Uh, yeah, and do and just be a taxi driver. <laughs> you still love Here, going around and playing like pretty much crazy taxi, but within GTA. Right. Do you know what? That's that's one thing that I miss so much from um, GTA Four. Yes, it's all the really small, like actual day to day jobs, like being a, a policeman, being a firefighter, being ambulance, being taxi, being whatever. Like I'm The most important one? No, you got into, you know, the fake Apache, the hunter helicopter, and you clicked oh, yeah. L3 and the words Brown Thunder came up on your screen. <laughs> 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 I, I, I miss all of those little, like, details because it was, it was really fun just to, if, if you're just not really that fussed about like shooting everyone up for a, a few minutes. Yeah. You can jump in a taxi and just do something chill. And it, like it did pay off like for Vice City and all you could unlock businesses by doing those missions to a certain level. Yeah. Yeah. So, um being a, a an avid user of weird controllers on uh, the PlayStation. Oh. oh god. Oh, where's this going? <laughs> Leisure suit Larry dildo edition. <laughs> No, Wait, Gary, the iToy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> iToy Play. Yes. I remember that being very fun sort of party game, getting it for my, either a birthday or a Christmas, and just me and my little brother standing in front of this, uh, the, the CRT TV with the little webcam <laughs> on top of it, and then just literally wildly flaying our arms <laughs> to try and Dancing. kill like ninjas and stuff like that. They were just jumping and out I of guess, the screen. I guess those of you have, who had the iToy play remember when I'm cleaning windows. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> what a good... Like, it was not even a good game, but it was just so... It, it, it was so creative in such a weird way. Yes. Yeah. You've never seen anything quite like it. 
And there were just so many different effects that are now like commonplace on webcams and stuff like that. But just having like moving your arm and then having a little rainbow trail come <laughs> off it was so fun. As like a as like a kid, it was just like, holy shit, my imagination is going wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, yeah, like, because the iToy spawned that sort of, it was part of that branch that turned into things like the PSI, PS Move, the Connect, the Xbox. And, like, there was another thing that sort of, it flared up with that generation and died very quickly, which was the SOCOM US Navy SEALs game, which came with a headset and you could give voice commands to your fellow soldiers, which was, I got, um, there was a whole thing where I wanted SOCOM 1. And I kept pushing my mum to say, you know, like, for my birthday, could you pick up a copy of SOCOM 1 for me? She went in the game, and I wasn't there for any of this, and she kept saying, it's del- it's delayed. They say it won't be in for, you know, two months or something like that. And I had no idea why there was such a delay on this already released game. And uh, she finally came home one day with a copy of SOCOM 2, US Navy SEALs, <laughs> before it was released, because she had been oh. pestering games so much on my behalf, <laughs> thinking that really? I wanted the secret. <laughs> not the first one I had no idea there was a sequel coming and she managed to get an early copy of it for me and then much to my distaste I find out that a nice North Belfast accent does actually, doesn't actually work well with voice commands coded by some American development team oh, <laughs> Jester, <no>. Flash and Claire <laughs> Jester. what did that guy just say? <laughs> You have to speak more slowly. <laughs> God. Brilliant. So that's, that's, oh, that's so disappointing that you, you spent, you waited for months and it didn't work. You know what? I was happy enough of it. I didn't use the voice commands in the end and it was still a very solid game. Yeah, I guess you'd have to code it without the voice commands yeah. in case. <laughs> Otherwise, you've got a broken game. <laughs> but yeah, but like the voice commands thing just kind of disappeared i can't think of any other games that did that well it's probably because we use voice commands on a day-to-day basis with our phones now Mm. yeah it's also very difficult to code in something like that into a game oh definitely budgets are already stretched and it's more of a gimmick than anything else plus most people won't want to sit down and play a single player game talk to themselves Uh, over just playing a multiplayer game like Call of Duty? Yeah, very true. Very, very true. I will accept all of those and I just really wanted a way out to not feel like a dick for sitting there with a headset on for a while. (laughs) Well, again, if it's any consolation, Rob and I, when we record our YouTube stuff, we are literally talking to a screen. Yeah, true. uh, For an intended purpose, but we are just sat there like, well, if anyone walked into this and just realize that we were talking to ourselves they'd be a bit weird today <laughs> yeah like like when i when i moved back home for a bit between jobs before well it was just after jobs and things and like i had that brief window of i'd moved out of my shitty old flat gary and was going to move in with you like yeah. good god yeah i was recording some stuff then and like <laughs> my mum was just standing behind me for 10 minutes I had my headphones on recording some shit and she just goes so do you do this often? I was like um <laughs> are we yes talking, are we talking about like let's plays and stuff? yeah, yeah. alright okay because I'm about to say because we're all just talking to screens right now 
No, but we're talking to each other. There's a difference. Wait a minute. Yeah, there's you... a difference between talking to a screen while there's somebody talking back at you and you talking to yeah, an imaginary still on audience. The outside looking in, if your mum was still behind you at this point, you're still just talking to a screen. You guys it's are real, right? clearly having part of the conversation. You, you, you can, you, yeah, you can hear, like, it's, it's like someone talking on the phone. When you're talking, you respond differently to each other and you have, like, you have pauses in the conversation, so it sounds like a conversation. Whereas yeah. when you're recording, it's non-stop fucking verbal diarrhea coming out, and it's you're just going. It's it's I'm like your own internal monologue here. as opposed to a conversation. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I understand. Yeah. So, so anyone listening to it is going to be like, "Why the fuck are they talking through why they're playing the game?" <laughs> it's like why do when I, it's like why do when I stream and like. If I and, I, and I have also found that doing that did make me start talking to myself more when I'm out and about doing regular everyday bullshit and looking even more insane. I, I, yeah. I tend to do it as well, just, just out of, like, talking to myself. I talk to myself yeah, when I, I, I constantly when I do that. And, like, Brendan points it out to me, like, when, when I'm playing, well, when we were playing uh, Battle Royale games, like, when they first started coming out, and I was, like, squadding up with Brendan and doing mm -hmm. duos and stuff. I'd be going around and going, oh, look, I just picked up a, uh, picked up an orp or, or, or whatever gun it was I was picking up at the time. And Brendan <laughs> would just go to me, Jordan, I don't care unless there's one for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the problem there is, um, like, you may speak out loud to yourself, and yeah. whereas I have, like, a constant narrative in my head rather yeah. than out loud. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because you you haven't got the uh, outlet for like YouTube or Twitch, or you choose not to rather. Um, yeah. But whereas like Rob, Jordy, and I have all done YouTubing and Twitch, not to like a, a crazy degree where it's doing it every day and it is our life, mm. but it does seep into your life to a point. Like Rob says, uh, there are times where you're just like on your own and you just go ah do 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 was, you know, do something. <laughs> And then you look at yourself and you're like, am I going And now mad? I'm going to like this in the dishwasher now. <laughs> what, what do you think to that, chat? <laughs> Can you I get some bits up fellow in bus travellers? <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> Rob's oh, shit, YouTube. I have no money in my bank account. <laughs> Smash that like button. Yeah. Uh, I suppose there we go. Okay, so we've transferred from the situation of, you know, young Brendan shouting orders at Jester and whatever the other guys are called in that squad to just sort of rambling into a headset just to sort of provide a bit of background noise for your many viewers. Yes. <laughs> uh, and by many, you mean like two, which one of them is me. Yeah. And, and that's two shared amongst all three of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But no, just a few more games just like as well that are weird controllers. Guitar Hero. Oh, mm. yes. Rock Band was better. <gasps> How dare you? I've got, I've got a balance on this. This is straying too far into the next generation, I should stress. But still, yeah. Guitar Hero had better peripherals and Rock Band had better licensing. Rock, rock, yeah. rock Band came out many, many years later after Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero yeah, came true. out in like 2005. Rock Band yeah. was like a 2010 thing. Guitar Hero yeah, had made true. like four games before Rock uh, Rock Band came out, and yeah. just the, the the really tiny guitar that you got with the very first Guitar Hero, the and drums. Like, and learning how to 
not, not even the drums, just the guitar like version oh. one before they did the, the whole band set sort of thing. Just yeah, the it was just the guitar, guitar. Hero where you could play in fucking the top gear through thing. the fire and the flames, and through the fire and the flames. <laughs> yes, like this was during a time in my life where I got really into like rock music and like all the songs that were being played were like absolute bangers. Like, I don't think there was one song on that on Guitar Hero One that I didn't like. And then they brought out like the Monsters of Rock Guitar Hero Three, which was a <laughs> bit more later, but oh. Bangers after bangers, and just pressing buttons and strumming away on the the controller. Brilliant. That's uh, like going on um, like peripherals and controllers again. Uh, we haven't mentioned SingStar. Yeah, I, I, I but there, had one. there were some great songs on that. It was hugely popular as well, but it's also like uh, uh, like it's a karaoke machine. We got those. Who's yeah, thing? I had a dance map. The PlayStation oh yeah, Dance Dance, Dance Revolution. Yeah, Dance Dance Resolution. Um, what <laughs> Dance Dance Resolution? Resolution. Oh my god, that just sounds like, like every fucking corporate <laughs> game ever. <laughs> Either the 4K remaster or <laughs> like a, a New Year's thing. No, it's a alternative dispute resolution. <laughs> yeah, it had, it had all that like Euro pop dance beats yeah. and stuff like that. Like it was when a, the rhythm rhythm starts to play. Yeah, and like um, Mambo Number Five and like Ricky Martin, all different sort of styles oh, of dance God, music. I... Yeah, but the, but they were really like cheap, shit made plastic sheets, like a, like mm. a twister board, like <laughs> awful. And like, but they had like the, the sensors in that you could just touch, and it would oh. I, I was really not a fan. You just if you wore socks while, while while using it, you just slid all over the place. They weren't they weren't greatly made, but I guess just like it it wasn't like they were ridiculously expensive or like anything like that. The arcade style game machines you get for SingStar. The one standout thing that I do recall from it was um, naturally it was my older sister that introduced SingStar to our family of uh, three brothers and one sister. But um, she got particularly annoyed with me one day when uh, she discovered that I had completely trounced her at my rendition of the Pussycats dolls, Don't You? Oh. I was the best singer in the family at doing Don't You? <laughs> you do realise those, those games as well, like, they don't, they don't make you sure that like, if you're a good singer or not. It's, it's all up. based shut on... Shut up, shut up, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> it's all based on... <laughs> As long as, as long as your vocal cords, like the pitch of your voice, goes up a certain amount to reach that next line, where the like where the line goes up and down, I as, long as, change, as long as you change the pitch enough, you could be singing in like two keys lower and out. And it, next, yeah, you'll be telling me that being good at drums on Guitar Hero doesn't make me a good drummer. <laughs> well. And Brenton, we're sorry to say this, but um... <laughs> no, <laughs> right. But yeah. I think the so, only thing left there is um, Tony Hawk's Underground too. Well, there's one other. As well. Oh, I've also thought oh, of one other as well. So we got a couple more. <laughs> there's a, like, a, like it was inevitable. The PS2 has such a large library of fucking fantastic games. Need for Speed Underground 2. 
God, yes. Oh, God, yeah. Underground and Underground 2 were amazing. Underground 2. Just the soundtracks and everything. Exactly. Riders on the storm. (laughs) (laughs) The soundtracks is such a key thing as well. Hmm. Well, this is what we've covered quite a few times. Like, for me, personally, a soundtrack is, is pretty much one of the most essential parts of a game. For me to choose whether or not I want to buy it, or keep returning to the game, mm. soundtrack is essential. Sound yep. design is grossly underestimated in how powerful it is to capture your emotions. Yeah. If you have shit audio, it, you can really, really tell. Um, and I, there are only a handful of games where like, the sound design is like, perfected. But yeah, just going off like gaming soundtracks, you know, licensed soundtracks, like the Need for Speed games and Tony Hawk, like oh, they yes. top tier. They tended to have such fantastic sets of music, like a variety of little different genres, but all blending together into just this really nice thematic playlist. Yeah, same with actually, um, sort of on the topic of Need for Speed. I remember the Burnout series sort of leaned into that um, as well. Oh, yeah. Rather bizarrely, Paradise. was it um, Domination on PS2 was the one where you had Avril Lavigne's girlfriend in English, but also in Spanish. No. Which I didn't okay. know was a thing, but apparently was, and was decided by the developers to be included in this game. <laughs> Maybe they just really liked Avril Lavigne. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, oh, hey, God. you, you. <laughs> <laughs> that was one now. Um, Which would probably translate to, hey, hey, you, you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> um, the, the peril with, um, I find, like, Need for Speed Underground was, like, a good, righteous, like, street racing game, but, like, Burnout mm. was one of those ones that was designed just to, if you were doing multiplayer, it was designed to make the other person hate you, because it took that oh, simple yeah. mechanic of, you know, nudging the other person out of the way and made it a core game mechanic. <laughs> was Burnout yeah. the one where you had that, uh, you got like knocked out and smashed into something? It'd do like a slow motion like... Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that I remember that game. You could cause like, you could push people into oncoming traffic and stuff like that and it'd yeah, cause yep. a proper like explosion. I, I remember it was in Burnout Paradise, but in the previous titles... Was the option to do like the most damage in the oh, yeah, a, yeah. With just one car? Yeah, there was stuff yep. where you could be launched into like a massive crossroad junction, and the yeah. idea was to cause as much damage as possible in one jump. Yeah, and you just sort of like detonate your car multiple times, yeah, and jump up over everything. That was fun. It's a, uh, like it's a very specific niche within the racing genre, but it was a really good one. And again, the soundtrack was essential, mm. yeah. Um, that was one like it was the one with my younger brother who I probably played the most amount of PlayStation 2 split screen games with Um, the only other one that we had played a huge amount of time on which I feel is also criminally underrated is War of the Monsters which was like I don't know how to describe this a wrestling game involving like sci-fi B-movie monsters my go-to guy was basically a floating eyeball with a body made out of electricity and um, you could basically spawn in these sort of environments that are like cities 
and throw the other character like he would be King Kong or whatever and you could throw him into buildings and cause the buildings to collapse on him you could throw oil tankers at him you could tear the radio masts off of skyscrapers and stab the other player with them it was just it was incredible and there was a the reason we got it was because there was a demo disc that came with the PlayStation magazine which had one fight where you could choose like three monsters or something like that and we must have played that to death before we finally decided we'd get the game <laughs> oh was that it looks that's what we, all we oh. got for today isn't it well there is also half-life which <gasps> we have mentioned oh. before but, yeah you know like we don't have to go too far into half-life because i'm sure over the countless episodes that we've already done and will continue doing half-life will keep coming back yeah, um, we could probably do a Half-Life episode at some point. We'll call we it episode could. three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what I would like to say, though, just in terms of nostalgia, um, the go, moving aside from like the general Half-Life 1 game, mm. the expansion packs I thought were phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but the, the one for the PS2, Half-Life released on PS2, had a two-player co-op mode called Decay. Have any of you three played it? No. no. Because that was awesome. It, so d- did you play Opposing Force, Blue oh, Shift? Yeah. Oh, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. what, was the th- what was the other one? Was it just Opposing Force and Blue Shift? I think it was. Yeah. Okay, so there was Opposing Force and Blue Shift. Obviously, if you played it, you know what it is. Otherwise, Where's it's it a take from a different... Uh, angle so like in half-life you play as uh, gordon freeman in opposing force uh, sorry in blue shift you play as barney oh barney last name rumble about that <laughs> ear beer i hold you <laughs> um and then in the third one you play as some sort of soldier which nondescript soldier but you play it from the same time happening at exactly the same time but from a different perspective yeah so i re- like i played those religiously i loved all of that like, even though Opposing Force wasn't as good, it was still a very good expansion to the game. Yeah. So when Decay came out, the only reason I bought Half-Life on the PS2 mm. was because cause I'd already played it to death, but was because Decay was on it. It was a two-player co-op, again, set in the same time, same period, and you follow the steps of Gordon Freeman. And it was, it was a great little co-op game. Um, we managed to break it so many times. Um, the option to kill. Oh, who's the old guy? The, the, you, you basically you got a crowbar at the very beginning of the game, and you could just walk up to one of the two main characters. I think one of them was an old guy, and one of them was in a wheelchair, mm. and you could just like perpetually just auto fucking smack. Like it just like constantly go <laughs> until it like <laughs> just. <laughs> And it was like, you, you've killed, like, whoever it was, you failed the mission. Is the old guy you're thinking about the one with the glasses? Because he, I think he's nameless in Half-Life 1, but in 2, it's Dr. Yeah. Kleiner. Oh, Isaac yes, Kleiner. Is. Yeah, because he's like yeah. a generic scientist skin in Half-Life 1, and then yeah. in Half-Life 2, <laughs> he comes back he's as He's one of, like, three generic scientists, and yeah. two of them <laughs> became characters. Yeah, so, if, um, I'll just send you this screenshot, but basically... It, there was a somewhat looking like like a like ah, yes. Gordon's dad kind of look, and then someone in a wheelchair, and then I think there was Kleiner there as well potentially. 
But um, you played as two women that I, honestly I can't remember their names. Um, yeah. But, but they were mm. also scientists in, in Black Mesa. Yeah. And it, it was just fun. It, it was like a nice little adaption to it. So we have to check um, that out if that's on Steam. Uh, I don't think it ever was on Steam, you know? Yeah, because I might be now. the full pack whenever I got Steam the first time around because Half-Life is incredible. It might be a mod, um, but I uh, don't think they ever released it on, on Steam. I think it got... I don't think it got amazing reviews generally, but yeah. I personally, from a nostalgia point of view, I thought it was quite nice. So. Well, I hope uh, our audience have enjoyed our little uh, trip down Nostalgia memory Avenue. Memory Lane. Oh, Nostalgia Avenue, not Memory Lane. Oh, oh right, okay. Is that adjacent <laughs> or is it being updated? And, you know, it's, it's, a drop. it's the leafy suburb. Exactly. Nostalgia the Avenue. Rose tinted. Like Conversation Unhold. Street, but Nostalgia <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> and like Conversation Street, this one has come to an end. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Quite quickly. Yeah, we, uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, our little uh, escapade. And uh, yeah, please remember to follow us on Twitter at VGC underscore podcast to keep up to date with all of our podcast updates. and. Uh, yeah, bits and pieces. Uh, quick shout out to a few people who spoke to us and sent in their uh, nostalgic games uh, quickly. We've got uh, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Uh, we've got Jamie. We've got Rich. Uh, we've also got Melissa and Aiden. Thank you, guys. And Cara. Thank you for sending in your uh, nostalgic games for us to read about on twitter that was a fantastic bit of a community gathering information there and yeah, also you. another shout out to siri as well who was quite engaged with the first few episodes as well you know posting her like top fives and things and being quite disappointed in us for not mentioning certain games like stellaris <laughs> as yeah. often as we should have done oh yes so, so yeah here's to you we'll try and impress you further i think we managed to talk <laughs> about at least not disappoint you we managed to talk about quite a few of the the nostalgia games that Siri had put into into it this time. So we've GoldenEye, yeah. Super Mario sixty four, Age of Empires two, and Pokemon. Yeah, we we covered yeah. quite a few of those. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, thank you guys again for listening, uh, boys. Where can we find you if we want to hear more content or see more content? For you guys, I can be found on YouTube at Rob Coxie. I can also be found on. Oh yeah. I can also be found at YouTube uh, at Endash, E-N-D-A-S-H. I'm not the SpongeBob. I've got a big red N for my avatar. Also, if, just before we uh, move on, if anyone listening has any, uh, any other nostalgic games that we didn't mention, please drop us a message. It would be, it'd be nice to see what you think of our list as well. Yeah, and uh, you can find me... Uh Streaming every so often on twitch.tv forward slash Geordie Weirds. And Brendan? You can find me beyond the veil of death. <laughs> Ooh, you, you have now passed away and you are beyond it now. Alright guys, uh, yeah, thank you very much. We have been the Video Game Chat Podcast and we will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> oh, Goodbye everyone. Ah, Christ.